Welcome to the April 22nd, 2022 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly. I'll be your host today. Today we'll be going over Proverb 22. But before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for everyone within the sound of my voice. Lord, I pray that you would give them ears to hear and a heart to receive what you would have them hear from this podcast. I pray that you would give them revelation and that they would draw closer to you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverb 22, let's begin with verse 1. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow, and the rod of his anger will fail. He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. Cast out the scoffer, and contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. He who loves purity of heart and has grace on his lips, the king will be his friend. The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, but he overthrows the words of the faithless. The lazy man says, There is a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. The mouth of an immoral woman is a deep pit. He who is abhorred by the Lord will follow there. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. He who oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he who gives to the rich will surely come to poverty. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise, and apply your heart to my knowledge, for it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Let them all be fixed upon your lips, so that your trust may be in the Lord. I have instructed you today, even you. Have I not written to you excellent things of counsels and knowledge, that I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth, that you may answer words of truth to those who send to you? Do not rob the poor because he is poor, nor press the afflicted at the gate, for the Lord will plead their cause and plunder the soul of those who plunder them. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go. 
lest you learn his ways, and set a snare for your soul. Do not be one of those who shakes hands in a pledge, one of those who is surety for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should he take away your bed from under you? Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Today we're going to look at verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Okay, we're going to come back to this verse, but before we do this, I'd like to go to a really, really wonderful story in the Old Testament. And this is the, gosh, a number of times I've already visited First and Second Samuel, but we're going to go to First Samuel, and we're going to begin in chapter 1, beginning in verse 8. And let me just give you a little bit of a background here. We have a man named Elkanah, and he's got a wife, Hannah, and Hannah has been unable to have children. So she has been barren, and every year they make an annual pilgrimage to the city of Shiloh, and they dedicate things to the priest, Eli, the high priest, in Shiloh. So let's begin in verse 8. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed to the Lord, and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant, and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. Now let's skip to verse 17. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Okay, let me give you a description of how this story ends. So Hannah is very despondent because she has been barren for a number of years, but she made her petition known to God that she would like to have a child, specifically a son. And as it turns out, a year later, a son is born to her, and she dedicates Samuel to the ministry. 
Now, she doesn't take him immediately. She waits until he is weaned and is no longer feeding from her breast. Okay, so after the weaning has done, then she brings him to the house of the Lord. She gives him to Eli, and Samuel became a great prophet in the land of Israel. Now, I know this sounds like a long time ago, and it was. But actually, Samuel the prophet was a prophet in Israel from 1100 B.C. to 1010 B.C. And if you sit there and do the math, that means for 90 years he was a prophet of Israel. So a very, very well-known prophet. And that was because Hannah made a petition to God and asked for a child and it was given him. Now let's go back to our verse. In 22.6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now I looked up the definition of train, the verb train, and one of the words for train was to dedicate. And this is my thought. Now, many of you are Christians, and you consider yourself to have a Christian home. Some of you have small children in your home, and this, I'm going to be speaking to you for the moment, but this could also apply to people who have grandchildren. So anyway, this is my thought. When I look at this verse and replace the word train with the word dedicate, it would read this way, dedicate a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So I would like to reword that and say, dedicate a child in the ways of God. Now, what would that look like in the ways of God? Well, I would think that my priority would be telling your children about God and the importance of God and how God created all of the universe and everything in the world that God created them. And then Jesus was his son. And Jesus came to earth for us. And because he came to earth and then he died on a cross, so we have been forgiven of our sins. So a desire that you should have for your children is that they should walk in the ways of the Lord, meaning that they should become more and more like Jesus, that you read the Bible to them, and that they become familiar with Jesus, and you can even do it through songs. For example, sing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And you can read that verse to them and sing that song to them when they're young, when they're going to sleep, and very soon they will begin knowing the song and reading the song and singing the song, and they will get it in their heart from a very, very early age that Jesus loves them. And as a Christian, that is the most important thing that you need to know. It gives you peace of mind. 
and you know that you know that you know that you are saved and that you will be going to heaven. Another thing that I may be bold enough to suggest that if you are in a family and have small children in your home, that you make it a habit or consider the possibility of reading the Bible together as a family and even praying together prior to reading the Bible. I've heard this saying a long time, a lot of times over the years is that a family that prays together stays together. And I think there's an awful lot of truth with that. But one of the recommendations I say that you do is you can go to a Christian bookstore and buy a Bible in a year book. Now, they have it in different translations. I've seen it in the New King James Version. I've seen it in the NIV. I've seen it in the New Living Translation. And usually a Bible in a year would consist of an Old Testament lesson, a New Testament lesson, a psalm of the day, and a proverb. So that would be one way that you could train a child in the way they should go. Now, I am going to add this comment. Now, some people think that this means that if you train a child in the way they should go, that they will not depart from it, that they means that that means that they will automatically gain their salvation. And let me be very clear about this. That is not what this verse is saying. This verse is saying that if you train your child correctly, that your child will remember to do things the way that you taught them to do it. But make no mistake about it, the only way your child will ever be saved is if they make that decision on their own. It is not automatic. Now let's take a book verse, uh, let's look at verse 15 in the same proverb. And it says, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. So parents, listen to me. What this means is if your children make a mistake, it is okay to correct them. And the rod of correction will drive their rebellion or foolishness away from them. So keep in mind, I told you in an earlier podcast, we are not to try to make friends with our children. We are to be their parents and we are their foremost teacher. So we need to instruct them what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. I'm going to go back to the book of Ephesians. I have read this in an earlier podcast, but I'm just going to remind you that be mindful of this. So this admonition is for children and for parents, beginning in chapter 6, verse 1. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. In chapter 4, it talks about fathers, 
And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Now, I will remind you, so uh, in chapter 5, in verse 22, they give instructions to wives, and in verse 25, there are 10 verses for husbands. So I'm just going to remind you that those verses are there, and if you guys would like to review those after this podcast, feel free to do that. But Paul had such... uh, On his heart, it was so important for him to give instructions to not only fathers, but also husbands and wives and children, that he also wrote the same instructions to the letter, uh, to the letter he wrote to the town of Colossae. We know that as the book of Colossians. So this is entitled The Christian Home. And in verse 18, just one verse for wives, very simple. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Verse 19 is for husbands. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. Verse 20, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. And 21, fathers, Do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. And guys, I'm going to close out the week with six wonderful verses. And this is a very good thing to think about. I want you to think, as we close out the week, really meditate on these verses tonight. So we are in the same chapter, chapter 3 of Colossians, beginning with verse 12. These verses are so rich. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I'll never close a podcast without giving you a chance to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Repeat after me if you'd like to do so. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to earth. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth, for living life and showing us how we are to live, for dying on a cross for me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. 
I believe you are the Son of God, that you were crucified, dead, and that you rose again. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer today, please email me at Kelly K-E-L-L-E-Y, 0807 at protonmail.com. I will close in a blessing as always. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Guys, have a wonderful weekend. I pray that you join me again on Monday as we further explore wisdom today.